This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Southern Herself podcast. As always... Don't forget to rate the pod. Oh, this is a new one. Rate the podcast on Apple Music. I don't know if you can do reviews on Spotify. I don't think so. Um, leave a five star on Apple Podcasts. Apparently, according to my analytics, most of y'all watch or listen on Apple. Um, just out of like the streaming services. Obviously, there's also the video on YouTube. Um, but don't forget to screenshot this or post an aesthetic boomerang or a photo with the insert a pic, you know, on your story, tag me so I can repost, retweet, all of that. And let's just get started. So how is everyone's week going so far? I am doing good. Scorpio season is upon us. Mercury retrograde is over. Um... Yeah, we are here. I'm excited. I feel like last week's episode was just, like, so good. And so I hope we can carry that out. Um, And I feel like what really helped was just, like, really writing down everything and then kind of going a little more in-depth with my notes. It's like, duh, bitch. Sometimes, Sometimes it's like I could just talk without really, like, a plan or anything. Um, And sometimes, you know, I feel like it just it never hurts to, like, be over-prepared. <laughs> Listen, not even be prepared, over-prepared. Um, so yeah, let me know how your week has been down below. I guess this weekend is Halloween. Let me know your thoughts on Halloween. I have said this before, never really been a huge, like, holidays person in general, but especially Halloween, I don't know. I guess as I've gotten older, it's gotten more fun, but I just, dude, I feel like I'm just so, like... I'm like, well, it's like going to be a lot of people out that day. So then, like, the Ubers are going to be a lot. And then, like, it's crowded and it's just, like, more annoying. Uh, I don't know. But let me know if you're dressing up. At this time, I have no idea anything, my plans. I'm really more than happy to stay home that day. But go to a Halloween brunch and let me know how it goes. But yeah, it is Scorpio season. If astrology is not real, explain why Scorpio season is. Why Halloween is in Scorpio season. I found this new astrology IG account and I've kind of been reposting them here and there. But it's really cute. They have a really cute page. I don't know like who runs it. Um, But it's leap of faith underscore quotes. But just like super cute, super cute little like pics and just like info about, you know, what aspects are going on, what season it is. You know, if there's a full moon, they'll explain like the themes of that full moon. Um, So they had some really cute ones for Scorpio season. Let me know if you're a Scorpio, how does it feel to be a Scorpio? And if you're not a Scorpio, have you had any experience with Scorpios? And what has your experience been? Do you vibe with them? Do you not? Good experience? Nah. Um, I feel like in general, you know, I just like water signs. Um, I don't really feel anything super strongly towards Scorpios, like good or bad, but yeah. Um, so I'm sure y'all know the Scorpio traits, but as far as the season, like how it will affect all of us, 
as a whole. This IG page says, you know, the season, expect, so it's the 22nd of October to the 21st of November. And then we have Sag season, which I'm so excited for. Just, you know, I love a fire sign season. It's always going to be a little more fun. Scorpio season is a little more like emotional. This says expect to feel emotional, sensitive, and passionate. Focuses. A time to focus on and confront our shadows. Uncovering the hidden parts of ourselves that need healing. Embracing our magic. And connecting with our intuition by diving deep into our emotions. A time for growth, healing, and transformation. So it's kind of like, okay, I thought we just had that with Mercury retrograde. But I mean, it's like a different type of vibe. You know, it's more so about like, I mean, the planet is Pluto. So it's more so about going beneath the surface and like, yeah, I mean, that was pretty phrased like perfectly. Like what parts of yourself do you need to heal or need to work on? Or like, I don't know, I feel like things could come up this season where it's like maybe a bit of a trigger warning, but it's like if we can just like get through that, we can get out a little stronger so true um then i looked at an article on refinery 29 and they said um i guess actually scorpio has two ruling planets mars and pluto t thinking of scorpio's external drive intensity and focus and how they move through life illustrates that martian energy to a t but they also crave going deep with people, having that same intensity to get to the heart of the matter or to uncover things in the shadows, which is very plutonic. The energy of these two celestial bodies will be very apparent until the end of November, so get ready for some intense awakenings and repressed energies to come forward and make themselves heard. So, you know, it's also the time of, like, death, rebirth, sex, you know, diving deep. So true. Um... Mercury, Mars, and Pluto all join the sun in Scorpio this season, making the sign's characteristics feel extra potent. We are going to get a huge invitation to look at some of our deepest fears, and if any of them are getting in the way of personal transformation. This time of year is centered around evolution, and the only way out of a challenging metamorphosis is through. We'll be honest, you may experience some growing pains. I feel like that's been this whole year, literally. (laughs) Bruh. But we advise you to persevere... If you keep walking, you'll come out on the other side of any challenges you face stronger and with some much-needed clarity. And I think I've said this before, like, in past years, but I love this time of year because, I mean, y'all know how I've been talking about getting back on my, like, productivity vibe and, like, you know, just that transition from summer to fall. But I feel like especially, like, Scorpio, Sag, Capricorn season, it's, like, just the perfect order because Scorpio season, you have, like, these realizations about, like, I don't know, things that maybe are getting in your way or like things you still need to heal or work on in yourself. And then you like get through that. And then we have Sag season, which gives us some like of that fiery energy to like move forward and apply what we've learned to our lives. And then Capricorn season's like, okay, grind mode, bitch. Like now we can put it all to use because we have like all the tools we need. And then we start the new year. And I just feel like that's a great way to wrap up the year and then like start a new year. Like it's just like, I love that. Oh my God. Um... So let me know, bro. Let me know if you've had any Scorpio season realizations yet. Or like, I don't know. Have you had any of these growing pains? Also, I keep seeing all this stuff about how 23... I'm 23, if you didn't know. How 23 is like the worst year and so hard. And like, it's like, oh, I guess that explains a lot. Not that it's been like the worst year or anything. But I definitely have been experiencing a lot of these like 
growing pains. And I feel like that's normal, like just throughout our lives. And it's going to be different for everyone, like when you might experience that. Um, I mean, hopefully it like never necessarily stops. Like sometimes it'll be harder than others or more intense than other times. But, you know, I think it, it shows growth, which is good. So yeah, let me know your thoughts. Again, let me know your thoughts on Scorpio. Scorpio's period. Um, yeah, I just like a water sign in general. Again, I don't really have any like personal beef or I don't know. I think it just depends. Yeah. Anyway, I heard this quote on TikTok and I wish I could remember who said it, but I did not save it. But if you find it, let me know. But they said you don't. Okay, y'all got to prepare yourselves for this one. Let's get that notebook out. You don't need to be overly considerate of other people's needs when you're around people who know how to communicate their needs. Bruh. Is that not like, does that not hit home? Like, oh my God. I feel like especially for those of us who kind of have grown up as like people pleasers and like, I don't know, constantly like putting other people's needs and like other people's comfortability before your own. That's, that can just sound so profound almost because it's like, bro, that's so true. Like, I don't need to assume, I don't need to get in their lane and like assume what they're thinking or like assume that they're uncomfortable or maybe if they're like mad at me or whatever. Cause it's like, I want to be able to trust the people around me that they will speak up and, you know, not be passive aggressive or not like say everything's fine and then talk shit behind your back or like whatever, you know, like. And it's, like, obviously that still means, like, you can be empathetic and you can, like, feel vibes and pick up on, like, body language. But ultimately, it's, like, okay, we're all adults, so fucking act like it. And if you have an issue, speak up, bitch. (laughs) So true. Um, Yeah, that's When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply just really hit for me let me know if you can relate (laughs) one of my favorite therapists i think she's a therapist is a like you know specific title mina b yeah therapist and wellness coach love her post as well i am always reposting her on my story but she posted this little it's time to reassess your definition of what it means to be nice and the first slide She said, if being nice means living in discomfort in order to make others comfortable, you are not being nice. You are people pleasing. Bro. If being nice means pretending you're unbothered by someone causing you harm, you're not being nice. You're being passive. If being nice means tolerating disrespect because people are going through hard times, you're not being nice. You're enabling problematic behavior. Like, bro. Um, and then she posted another one because then it's kind of like, okay, well, what do we do? This one says, remember this when it comes to setting boundaries. And this one, oh my God, this one was like, we all need to remember this. Setting a boundary might make you feel uncomfortable. It might make you feel like you're being difficult, mean, or an inconvenience to others. It's a natural response to have, especially as an empathetic and kind person, which I feel like a lot of us are, you know? And I always say this, but I feel like, 
I mean, it can really go for anyone, but I just feel like especially women and the females these days and, you know, the expectations put on women in our society to be quiet and passive and, you know, oh, I don't want to be a bitch. I don't want to, like, be the center of attention. I want to be ladylike. I want to be polite. I want to make sure they're comfortable especially with that added pressure and again like expectations it can feel that much harder to speak up or set a boundary or say you're uncomfortable with something because we do feel like i know i can definitely feel like oh my god i'm being so difficult right now it's not even that big of a deal or like oh i feel like i'm being mean but it's like bro like also if i'm around people that are making me feel like i'm being mean when i'm just like sticking up for myself or setting a boundary like why do i even care what they have to think or say in the first place um and it's like okay we, well we know why because that's like how we've been conditioned to think but like fuck you um and i feel like also it's like you can someone can not like your boundary while still respecting it so i feel like that's also a good like sign i guess of okay is this friendship or relationship actually like worth it you know like i don't know if you're friends want you to go out and you don't want to you know they can be like oh we're gonna miss you we're like oh i wish we would but it's like then it's not like they're gonna like peer pressure you or like try to convince you to go i mean situations can definitely like escalate to further than that that's kind of like a light example but it's like you know everyone should feel in an actual healthy relationship of any kind i feel like everyone should feel like comfortable saying no and not feel like, oh my god, the relationship's gonna fall apart because I don't just, like, go along with whatever the group wants to do or what they want to do, you know? Like, I'm allowed to have my own wants and needs and, like, I should be able to communicate that and feel comfortable communicating that. So, breaking the people-pleasing cycle, I feel like just really is, like, a lot of being uncomfortable and feeling awkward and, like, you are being mean and, like, you are being difficult, especially when you know, maybe you're still friends with people or you have family members that are just used to you always saying yes to them or always going along with what they want to do. And then you kind of realize in yourself like, oh, you know, this is actually okay with me or like I want to try sticking up for myself more. It's like people can definitely be salty about that and be like, wow, you really like changed or like, (laughs) why are you being so difficult all of a sudden? It's like, I'm not, I'm just like finally sticking up for myself. Um, And I just feel like that adjustment I feel like that's really been a theme for me in the past couple years. Um, the ad- adjustment of, like, relationships and then, like, which relationships are still going to be in your life and which you kind of have to let go of because it's like, well, we became friends or met, um, you know, when I wasn't aware of this and now I've grown and we just, you know, we're no longer compatible because you're not, like, respecting that change or, like, I don't know, the self-respect that I now have or are what's the word creating not creating but cultivating um then i sort of personal realization that kind of goes along with this so you know like i don't know for me it's always like or it would always be something like oh i'm asking like i don't know I'm asking someone, maybe, like, my mom or, like, really close friend, like, for advice on what to say to this guy. Whether it's, like, I need to set a boundary or I need to, like, I don't know. Just, like, oh, what do I say? And, you know, when someone, like, tells you, or I don't know. I know my mom would just always tell me, like, to say something very direct 
And sometimes it would just feel like so cringy because it's like, I mean, especially like a parent, it's like they don't always like get the text lingo. So it could sound like just too professional in general. But like there was just a certain vibe of like, oh, it just feels too, almost like too formal or like, you know what I mean? Like, I hope I'm describing that well enough. I don't really know how else to describe it, but they're like, oh, you should say this. And it's just like, oh my God, you like, I don't even type like that. But then I realized a lot of that cringe just comes from like assuming that the other person is going to think of it that way. Like think of it as like, oh, why is this girl texting me so formally? Or like, oh, like who does she think she is? (laughs) And it's like, I mean, obviously you can still like say something in the way that you would feel comfortable saying it, but while still being direct. So... It's like if this person actually has like a healthy attachment style and is like someone you act like, I don't know, emotional maturity and actually is someone worth investing your time in, they're not going to think that's weird. And I just feel like that, regardless of this specific example, but just that concept in general is just so revolutionary because it takes up, it takes away so much of, um, I don't know, like the... I don't know what the word would be like rejection or like taking it personally when it comes to like dating and especially the early stages of like talking to someone. Um, because it's like you want someone who's going to like have a healthy attachment style, like who is able to have difficult conversations and like who would respect your boundaries. So it's like if you start off by acting like, oh, like whatever you want to do or like oh, I'm not going to, like, speak up for what I want because it sounds weird to say or, like, it's kind of cringy or, like, I don't know. Oh, I'm, I'm being extra. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever it may be. It's, like, instead you're just kind of, like, creating, oh, the relationship's going to be based off of that vibe versus, like, if you come and are, like, this is what I want, this is how I expect to be not only treated, but, like, how this is how I like to communicate, like, clearly and, like, I don't know if you're the type of person that likes to text all day, you know, doing that and not like, oh, like, well, they waited six hours to text me. So I'm going to wait six hours. It's like, well, if you want someone who's going to text you more, why are you then acting the way that someone who doesn't want to text does? (laughs) And what was the quote I read? Like, I don't know if it was in the last podcast or a couple ago, but it was like, you know, acting like you don't have needs or that your needs don't matter. Don't also sorry, the lighting's like crazy right now, but also I kind of like, I'm not cute today, so, like, maybe it's, like, distracts from that. Um, Instead of, you know, basically that's just going to attract more people in relationships that aren't going to meet your needs. Instead of just, like, stating your needs, and it's like, okay, well, you might lose this person or this relationship or this won't work out, but it's for the best because it's getting you closer to, like, someone who will meet you there. And that's just, like, that can be so hard to realize. I know, like, for me it has been... Because, you know, especially if you first like someone, if you have a crush, I feel like also, like, you kind of create this, like, scenario in your head of, like, how great they are. And it's like, you don't even really know them yet, bro. Like, you really don't know someone for, like, a while, to be honest. So it's like, that's why in these getting to know you stages. And with a friendship, too. Like, it's so important to just have, like, basically lay everything out on the table as far as, like, like not, like, trauma dump. (laughs) Not in that way, but just, like, as far as what you expect and you know how you like to communicate and like this or that 
and big, like it can be something big, it could be something small. Like how often do you like to text throughout the day? Like maybe you're not a texter. Like why would you then want to be with someone who is a texter? Like I don't know. Um, and I think that just really goes into like the putting yourself and your own needs first. Because especially that classic example, I know you've done it, bro. I know you've done it. Maybe you haven't. Good for you. But like, oh, they took this long to reply. I'm going to take this long. It's like, no, you want someone who's going to talk to you like however much you want to be talked to. So like, I'm going to demonstrate the behavior that I want. (laughs) If I see your text, I'm going to reply to it. You know, if that's like, if that's what the situation is. I don't know. Um... Instead of like, oh, I'm, now I'm going to make them wait. Because then it's like, then you're playing kind of by their rules. Like, I don't know. hope that makes sense. Um, but all of these things are just so intertwined. You know, it's like you learn about the people-pleasing thing. And then you see how it like affects you in dating. How it affects you in friendships. You learn about setting boundaries. Oh, this is why this went wrong. Because I wasn't setting this boundary or this boundary. I was letting shit slide for a long time before I finally spoke up. Whatever it may be. And that's like, it can feel very draining and exhausting. But I feel like also... Um, it can be very rewarding to see, I don't know, to like start to catch it and like just practice that mindfulness in yourself and like, when do I want to like, I don't know, when do I want to people please? When do I just want to be like, okay, it's fine. Don't worry about it. It's like, no, let's practice this. Like it can be very fulfilling. Um, even though at times it can also be draining, but it's like, we're healing bitch. Um, saw another TikTok There's this girl on TikTok, and I never see her videos, but I just always see, like, the therapist stitch her. (laughs) Which, like, thank God I'm on that side of TikTok. Um, But she was saying something. Let's Wait. I'm going to show it on screen. Her at isn't coming up because someone stitched it, but if you've seen her. It's just this girl that gives, like, really toxic dating advice, and she just... It's very, like, just bottom tier. Like, how to play games, how to, like, manipulate, things like that, how to be toxic, basically. So then this, I think she's a therapist. I didn't actually go to her profile, but it's the woman, the underscore woman underscore decoded. Um, let's just... I think she was, that original video, she was saying something about, like, it was just kind of that vibe of like creating distance. If you feel like they're losing interest, create distance so then they miss you. But then it's like the this lady who stitched it was just kind of explaining how that just creates like a push-pull dynamic. And then they're only going to want you when you pull back. And eventually that gets exhausting because you don't always want to be pulling back. You know, you if this is to be a real relationship or an actual something, you're going to have to both be invested so when you create this dynamic of like, oh, you need to chase me, you need to chase me, and that's the only way you're going to be interested, like that's just what the relationship becomes. Versus, you know, if we're practicing our secure attachment style, it's like, here's how I kind of think of it. It's like, again, especially in these early stages of like dating and whatnot, or like, you know, not in a relationship yet type vibe. What I've learned through, you know, reading that attached book. Let me close this bro, because it's actually like starting to blind me. Oh man. Okay. Bro, the lighting has switched so much. Just in like a couple weeks. Okay, there we go. 
Um, what I've learned and what I try to really apply is like, all you can really do is show up with your secure attachment style and try your best, especially if you have tendencies to be anxious or to be avoidant or whatever. Um, and then like that person's either going to reciprocate that or they're not. And if they don't, it's like, okay, well, they could seem really cool at first, but it, it's like, well, they, they're not there yet. So you just got to move on. <laughs> But let's listen to specifically what she said, just, you know. As a dating coach that uses the science of psychology to help people find healthy and secure relationships, this crap makes me so mad. Let me translate what she said. Hey, ladies, let me help you find a man that will chase you by using the science of manipulation to create a push-pull dynamic that will only end in a final pull. Because men that only want you when you lean back or stop talking to them aren't healthy men. Chances are they have a dismissive avoidant attachment style and only will pursue you when you pull away. And that will drive you crazy over time. Because eventually you're going to want to reciprocate. My advice as a dating coach would be to stand still. And then turn the other way. Bye. See ya. Two fingers swinging. Because real men who are healthy and masculine will pursue you even when you reciprocate. Raise your standards. Dude, that's the thing. It's like... That's literally the thing. <laughs> and I think also it can be hard to like even perceive that as something that's possible when you've just always been stuck in a pattern of like being in a push-pull dynamic or like playing these games or like, I don't know, just being like... However, you know, it's like, bro, I, it's like, if I don't do that, I'm going to have nothing. But it's like, no, you're just going to have something different and like better. Playing games attracts game players. And unless that's what you want and you're just like having fun, like, bro, just don't do it because it's never really going to lead to something real. You just got to do your best. <laughs> as cringy as, especially when you're first learning it, as cringy as it feels as uncomfortable as it feels to i don't know like for some of us it's like to be direct and speak up for what we want um for others it could look like something else but it's like it's pointing you you're starting to like go in the right direction you know i saw this saw another tiktok <laughs> the stellar Ray discusses tiktok's podcast um but they were just like oh i i and this is why I was, like, using that as an example before. But they were like, oh, I texted him back. No, it was, like, it was something, like, oh, I double texted and, like, let him know my whereabouts. Even though, like, you know, I was, the voice in my head was telling myself not to. Like, oh, we're healing. Like, stop being avoidant. Dude, fucking tea. Literally. Literally. I'm just like, what's gonna happen? Just in general, in life, in my life, in your life. Like, bro, what the fuck? <laughs> Bit confusing in it. And I was... I really like my last vlog. I think because I shot it on my iPhone. Um, but I had a little talk in there just about, like, what the fuck is life? Like, just that realization that, like, it's not like your life starts. Like, this is it. And especially just becoming an adult, growing up, it's like you just kind of realize it's not like... Like, most people don't feel like adults. You know, most people feel like they're a teenager or whatever in their current body um so it's like bro it's really like up to us to like get what we want be who we want and like 
start our lives. Like, it's not like it's just going to feel like it starts one day. Dude, also, this is kind of like a random thought, but I just, okay. This is, I'm just going to walk you through my thought process when I was walking back from my, getting my green juice earlier. I was just thinking like, wow, because sometimes like, I don't know, especially after an antic or after something really fun or like, I don't know, for me, it's like if I've been reading some law of attraction stuff, you know, that mindset of like, oh, life's a game or like, haha, maybe you've seen some relatable tweets or TikToks or posts about it. Just like, oh, life's a game. Like nothing's real. Everything's fake. Like, haha, like I'm just going to fuck it. Like whatever. I was like, damn. So this is like, I'm just walking. I'm like thinking about that. I was like, damn, like I wish I could just feel like that all the time. Like that feeling after an antic when you're just like, sometimes it's like after I've been out and been social, there's been like some fun tea happening. I just have this like feeling of like, that was so fun. Like, haha, like life is so fun. Like it's like a game. Like, you know, especially if you're lit, it's like, it's literally in the words of Snooki, it feels like a video game. I was like, damn, I wish I could feel like that all the time. Like, and not, like, the lit feeling, but, like, the after feeling of, like, you're reflecting. You're just, like, that was so fun. Like, I want to manifest more. Like, I don't know. Um, and then just thinking about those posts and, like, you know, the whole law of attraction kind of mindset of, like, oh, life's a game. Like, your thoughts control your reality. It's, like, damn. Like, I really need to get back to that. And then I was, like, wait, but, like, low-key? Not to suck the fun out of everything, but that's kind of just escapist and low-key kind of sociopathic because the thing is although there are moments where maybe we feel like life's a game or like oh everything's just so fun and like oh nothing's fake we're all just gonna die anyway haha it's like but we're still human and most of us still have emotions and you know moments where we don't feel our best and we feel sad we feel angry we feel however we feel we get triggered by something and it's like, in those moments, life does not feel fun and like a game, you know? And that's just part of life. So instead of like having these unrealistic expectations and like kind of the toxic positivity of like, your thoughts control your reality, it's like to an extent, but it's just as important to know how to deal with like difficult emotions and moments and times and like just, I think, accepting that it's not always going to feel like a video game. You know, and that's nothing, that's not wrong or bad. Like, is there anyone truly, any sane person who is not a sociopath, so they actually feel emotions and have empathy for others? Like, is there anyone who actually feels like life is a game all the time? Or like, I don't like, just that like certain vibe of manifestation, the manifestation community, but you know what I mean? Like, like, oh, if you think it, just manifest (laughs) Like, not in a hee hee ha ha fun way, like, manifesting someone pays for our bill. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the very, it's very just escapist and, like, bro, you can't escape yourself. Like, it's, shit's always gonna come back if you don't deal with it. Like, so that was just kind of, like, my thought process earlier today. But I just want to share, ask if you could relate to any of that. Maybe you've had the thought before of, like, oh, I wish life could feel, like, fun, like a video game all the time. It's like, bro, it's, they're not, like, everything is not fake. I mean, it might be, but, like, our emotions make things feel very real. And if we just ignore that, like, we're ignoring such a huge part of ourselves. I mean, therefore, like, how are we going to, like, proceed? We're not. So, we can't live like that. Bro. Literally. Like, literally. (laughs) Oh, wow. 
Let me know your thoughts. Um, are you ever like, how is there more to realize? Like, I feel like I've realized it all. <laughs> it's just like then every day I learn something new. Like, bro. Also, sometimes I'm like, dang, I watch a lot of TikTok, but then I'm like, I'm low-key learning a lot on TikTok. Like, it just, it's all about the content that you curate for yourself. Like, IG can be a terrible place. It can also be a great place where you are learning stuff, following, you know, education, infographics that are providing you with insight and information. <laughs> with that being said, I asked you guys to ask me for some topics or advice. So thank you guys for, like, things you want advice on, like, questions. Um... And I'm just going to answer one, but someone asked how to stop holding a grudge. I just felt like this really like tied in with the rest of everything. So I literally Googled, I literally Googled because I had some like initial thoughts and I was like, let me just like verify this. I literally Googled how to stop holding a grudge. So we're going to talk about it from a psychological perspective. Psych Central said a grudge can form when an issue isn't fully confronted. Because that was kind of my first thought of like, okay, well, a grudge is like, you know, when you still kind of feel something towards somebody, like resentment or like you still have unresolved feelings, whatever those feelings may be. Um, and, you know, especially when it comes to like, oh, I need closure, classic scam. It's like all you can really do, like, I mean, there's a few things you can do, but I think what's important is like coming back to your own feelings and like, getting in touch with those feelings. So first of all, probably I would recommend like journaling and just like writing down everything you feel about the situation, like your feelings then, now. Um, because we have to take ownership for our own feelings too. Um, and I also feel like with a grudge, usually it is something that is unresolved or like, I don't know, it's like after, this is what I would do, is like write all my feelings and then ask myself like, okay, well, what could I have done to, you know, communicate my needs better? Because I feel like often a grudge is like, okay, I wasn't feeling seen. I wasn't feeling heard. I didn't feel like my needs were prioritized, whatever, you know, that might look like. Um, and obviously it can be a lot more dramatic of a situation. Like, it's just like, wow, I, I don't feel like this person considered my feelings at all. Or like, whatever. Obviously it can vary like so much. Um, and then I looked at psychology today and they had an article about grudges. And this was, this article was a little more about like these long-term, like lifelong grudges and just, you know, talking about how people carry around their grudges and how they just like weigh us down. The path to freedom from a grudge is not so much through forgiveness of the other person, but rather through loving our own self. To bring our own loving presence to the suffering that crystallized into the grudge, the pain that was caused by this other, is what ultimately heals the suffering and allows the grudge to melt. If it feels like too much to go directly into the pain of a grudge, we can move towards it with someone we trust or bring a loving presence to our wound, but some but from a safe place inside. The idea is not to re-traumatize ourselves by diving into the original pain, but rather to attend to it with the compassion that we didn't receive, that our grudge is screaming for and bring it directly into the center of the storm. To let go of a grudge, we need to move the focus off of the one who wronged us, off of the story of our suffering, and into the felt experience of what we actually lived. Because I feel like that also is like really important just in the sense of like, 
you know, if you're sitting there just thinking about something over and over and just making yourself like really mad or like however you might feel just over and over thinking about it, it's like that isn't really helpful to yourself in the long run because you're not actually really like dealing with your emotions. You're just kind of dealing with like the story and like the, I don't know, like the surface level, like the events rather than like the emotion. So then this says, when we move our attention inside, our pain shifts from being a something that happened to us to a sensation that we know intimately, a felt sense that we are one from the inside. And refocusing our attention, we find the soothing kindness and compassion that the grudge itself desires. In addition, we take responsibility for caring about our own suffering and for knowing that our suffering matters, which can never be achieved through our grudge, no matter how fiercely we believe in it. We can then let go of the identity of the one who was wronged because it no longer serves us and because our own presence is now righting that wrong. Without the need for our grudge, it often simply drops away without our knowing how. What becomes clear is that we are where we need to be in our own heart's company. But dude, yeah, wow. Instead of those events in the story, like the emotion and like, just with the same, bro, like the fucking, the body keeps us going. Um, yeah, but like, it's like something that's unresolved and like, no one can really resolve that except ourselves. And while we might think like, oh, if this person like apologized or if I could hurt this person back, like ultimately that's not going to like heal that like part of you. You know, it might like a little bit or like it might seem like it will, but like I can really attest to this or I feel like an example of this that I thought of from my own experience while kind of thinking about this question was like this dude I was hanging out with and I just was kind of like getting some bad vibes. Like there were some little red flags here and there and like, I thought something was happening and then it turns out it was and there was kind of like this grand finale it was like a lot of tea um but without getting too into it like I just felt very like hurt by that and I think for a while kind of had like a grudge towards him or just like you know I was hurt about the situation but what really helped me get over it and how I knew that I had gotten over it was like I had just journaled about it so much and just like you know, really, like, I don't know, I guess, you know, for a good one, I analyzed how I felt a lot. Um, and now it's, like, when I think back, I think the the point of the story is not so much, like, how I necessarily dealt with, I mean, I guess it's how I dealt with the grudge, but also just, like, how I know it's not a grudge or any, like, resentment anymore is because now I look back at that and I can see, like, I just, I don't feel hurt by it anymore. Like, I just, I'm like, yeah, that happened, but I know, like, that's not going to happen to me now because now I know, like, how to deal with a situation like that or, like, I'm not even going to be in a situation like that because I know, like, the red flags to look for and, like, you know... I know what kind of person he was. So like I'm now, so I'm just not really like hurt by that anymore because of course he would do that. Something, someone like that, someone like him would do something like that, you know? So yeah, I think like that's, that's like how you know, it's like, oh, I've really like moved on because I just, I don't really feel anything. Like I literally just see it as like a learn lesson. Like I literally have no disgust. My body does not have any like, trigger like you know when you think of someone and you're like like I don't feel like that at all I feel nothing like I'm just like yeah it was a learned lesson and we're moving (laughs) which is like that's a really great place to be because you know if you can get to that and like really process your emotions and let yourself feel everything and actually move on it's like you're not stuck with that resentment with that grudge or like with those hard feelings so I hope that like explains enough (laughs) but yeah definitely looking up like psychology articles 
helps a lot because they actually like explain it and also low-key like be careful who you get advice from because i mean even me like you do not have to agree with everything i say but like that one girl who's giving like such toxic advice it's like i mean like do that if you want but like you just have to know like the results you're gonna get so i think that's all i have to talk about let me know your thoughts on anything we discussed today and also let me know what you would like me to talk about in the next episode. I post these every week on all platforms. So thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you guys next time.